Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today is Friday, August 5th, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman. Episode 472 featuring Heavy.com Steve Bullpet is powered by BetOnline.ag. Go to BetOnline.ag today. Use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% sign-up bonus. Hey everyone, welcome into the first August edition of Celtics Beat. It's great to be here with you. Of course, last week's show, I thought we were going to do a lot of what we're about to do now, but with the, at the time, very timely, but obviously unfortunate passing of the legend, the GOAT, the greatest, Bill Russell. We had uh, Cedric Maxwell. We had a, a, a great talk about Bill Russell and, and his impact on all things basketball and the community and beyond. If you haven't caught that last show, I encourage you to go back, check it out, whether you find us on iTunes or Stitcher or the YouTube feed, wherever it is, it was a really good discussion. And uh, we'll get to that in uh, you know a little bit later on in the show, maybe with uh, our guy, Steve Bullpet, kind enough to join us here in the off season. Steve, how are you? Warm. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, well, at least, you're you're inside i hope there's some ac it's uh if, if you were like if we were doing this yesterday when at least in our neck of the woods it was roughly 100 degrees and you were sitting out on your deck or something that would have been really uncomfortable yeah no we're just we're hoping the sea breeze kicks in uh <laughs> that's what we're waiting for here yeah <clears throat> afternoon breeze usually today's show and of course evan's here as well as <clears throat> was always uh t- today's show the the real focus is uh, to Kevin Durant or not to Kevin Durant. And we're going to touch on every angle of this thing, including, of course, the validity of it. That's one of the overarching themes of this. So uh, if you feel like, oh, man, we've been doing this for weeks, haven't we? Like, we've heard this before in other places. One, we haven't done it. And two, I think we're going to hit a lot of angles that have not been discussed yet. So do bear with us and stay with us because, uh, you know, I'm I'm, I'm just, I, I find this, even though, just to put this out, First, I do not think there is any Kevin Durant, Jalen Brown swap that is going to happen. So, you know, I guess you could argue we're wasting our breath because I don't believe that trade is we're going to have like a Kyrie Irving to Boston in August type of deal. That's not going to happen. But I do find it a fascinating topic. And, you know, obviously, uh, Steve here, one of the reasons that he's here is, well, there are a bunch of reasons. One, a, a wealth of knowledge on on the NBA and the Celtics and has been for decades, but also wrote very recently about this topic. And you can check it out on, on his Twitter, on heavy.com. And one of the things that you reported, Steve, in talking to your sources is that there was a, uh, a looming meeting between Kevin Durant and Nets ownership 
uh, you know, to discuss his future. I, I guess just just to start us off, do you know if this meeting has taken place yet? Excuse me, I do not. And I want to apologize to anybody watching this, right? My frequent reaches for something to drink here, just uh, <laughs> coming in from a workout. Uh, he was a beast. Anyway. He just needs to hydrate up. That's, that's, that's yeah, seriously. Know, interval training. Uh, yeah, not, not too bright. Um, but no, <laughs> I do not know if the meeting has taken place yet. Um, and um, I do not know what the what the point of the meeting is will be if and when it, you know, it, it, it occurs. Um, I'm not sure, you know, who asked for it and, uh, and what the, uh, what the plan is, what the desire is. Well, if the plan and desire, you know, for the, I would think more so from the Nets perspective than Durant's, Uh because obviously Kevin Durant is the one who has requested the trade pretty publicly at this point, or at least the public interest it would be to smooth out his future and keep him in Brooklyn. I would think that's what the Nets want anyway. So if if you were, and of course this show is sponsored by Bet Online. So if if you were to handicap the odds on Kevin Durant's future in Brooklyn, actually being there when next season tips off in a couple of months, what do you think versus him landing somewhere else? I think in terms of him being a Brooklyn Net at the start of the season, <clears throat> I'd say about uh, about eighty percent. And that's not basically because I think it's just really hard for the Nets to find the deal that they want. Uh, pretty damn impossible to find what they're asking for. Um, a couple of stories ago, uh, I believe it was last week, um, the, I wrote a story with the point being that if you trade for Kevin Durant, that means that basically means you're going for a championship now. Mm-hmm. You're not trading for Kevin Durant as some part as part of some long-term rebuilding plan. Right. So if you trade for him and you have to give up a lot, the the big question then becomes, do you have enough left after you give up what you need to, to get him? Do you have enough left to compete for a championship? So like, you know, supposedly the, there have been reports that the, the Nets want uh, from the Celtics, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, like four first round draft picks, uh, the Custom House t- Tower, um, <laughs> City Hall Plaza, a couple other things to be named later. Yeah. And if the Celtics would ever do that, are they a championship team afterward? So it's like, you know, um, and I think that's the issue that a lot of teams are that, that perhaps want to get in on this are, are finding. So I think, and I know I wrote this about a month ago or, or more. That if you see a trade go down um, when Kevin Durant gets moved, it's most likely going to involve a third team, maybe even a fourth. It's going to have to be something creative. So I'm I'm glad you brought all that up because that's and and I've tweeted this out a bunch of times as well, and and I've alluded to this on this show when we've had time to talk a little bit about it is that that's sort of the aspect steve that pisses me off about this whole thing everybody talks about it like it's jalen brown for kevin durant you talk about the age well jalen brown is eight years younger well kevin durant he's still one of the top three five players in the world however you want to classify him and no signs of slowing down except for obviously injury risk and blah 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 and people discuss it like it's a one-for-one And quite frankly, even if it were a one for one, I could find a way to argue against doing the trade if you're the Celtics, but it's not anywhere near a one for one. As you talked about, whether it's the reported offer from the Boston side of 
Derek White and a first round pick and maybe Grant Williams or somebody like that. Or like you said, the the reported asking price from the Nets being Brown and Marcus Smart. Oh, by the way, the defensive player of the year and maybe another piece. And obviously all those picks coming up in the future, whether it's first round picks outright or first round pick swaps or some combination. I don't think that just by getting Kevin Durant, and and there's a lot of talent, there's a lot of name recognition there, but I don't think once you're giving up a package like that, yes, you're still a championship contender <clears throat> still in the conversation, but I don't believe you are a better team or nearly as deep a team or as hopefully healthy a team as you are sitting on paper right now today, August 5th. I don't. I, I think that the Celtics are in a really good freaking position right now. And a minor blow up, if you will, and maybe a major blow up if you're talking about two of your starters, one being a, a fringe borderline and certainly future all-star who has been an all-star before in Brown and defensive player of the year and an all-defensive first team player in Marcus Smart, who is not slowing down either. You're really changing the makeup of, of what you're doing as a team and the defensive identity that got you to the finals in the first place and on and on. I'm rambling, obviously. I just, to me, like when the, when these reports started, it did not make a whole lot of sense to me, other than the fact the Celtics have coveted Kevin Durant since before he was drafted. Yeah, uh, look, Kevin Durant is a generational talent that if you have an opportunity to get him, uh, you've got to investigate it as best you can um, and really, you know, search that out as as best you can. But I think the larger question for the Celtics is when you look at what you have now, is it enough? And when you look at the problems that you've had with this team and the shortcomings, are they shortcomings that you can overcome? I mean, the, the, the reason they lost in the finals is strikingly similar to why they lost in 2018 Game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals. It's why they lost in 19. It's why they lost in 20. 21, that was a weird year. That wasn't going to happen. But it's the same stuff. And I know we've dealt on with these subjects before in our conversations, but that's what it comes down to. Is this team, is it going to overcome its issues? You know, is it going to overcome the going one-on-one, which becomes one-on-two and one-on-three, Whenever crunch time happens, when things get difficult, uh, their reflex is to turn away from the stuff that got them leads. Um, you know, this team, <clears throat> as much as everyone says, well, they they swept those nets in the first round. It was ridiculously close. And, you know, I mean, um, yeah, that's, you know, you've got to look and say, is this team going to be better? I think it will be. I, I would answer those questions in the in the affirmative but they are questions that you have to ask. Can I push back on that for a second though? Cause sure, like please. acquiring Kevin Durant would solve, I think a lot of their issues and like they wouldn't have as many turnovers in the fourth quarter. They'd have something they can give the ball to in the half court that can make things easier for them. Um, I, I acquiring KD, you know, if presumably if he somehow stays healthy the whole season, which he has been able to the last couple of years, um, does solve a lot of their problems. Um, he is a guy that, you know, in in a half court offensive set where things are getting bogged down, 
you now have two guys at the end of, 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 a, of a basketball game between Jason Tatum and, and Kevin Durant that could really get some things done in the half court, whether they're going one-on-one versus somebody or trying to you know spread it around. Um, the thing that would be tough is you'd be adding a giant piece uh, to a, a machine that, you know, was starting to kind of find its sea legs a little bit and trying and, and starting to really figure out who they are. Now they reverted to some past stuff. Um, we can attribute that to a lot of different things, exhaustion, et cetera. First time being the finals, all that stuff. Um, but having a guy that's been there, done that a couple of different times in the finals, has lost in the finals, um, has won a couple, obviously, uh, is going to help you. That experience is going to help you. I think the the thing about KD is this team shouldn't be thinking in short-term increments like this because of the the youth of their two stars. And that's where the monkey wrench comes in. It's not that Kevin Durant <laughs> would not cure a lot of problems that Boston has. Now, sure, to Kaufman's point, you would take away one of their biggest advantages, which is their depth, specifically their guard depth, if they were to trade away Marcus Smart or Derek White or you fill in whatever name you want to fill in. Yeah, one of their biggest assets as a team is how deep they are, especially at the guard spot and especially defensively. But you also would create a new advantage for you, and that is – Maybe the best, you know, wing scoring duo in the NBA at that particular time. Now, I'm not going to say that, but you'd have a pretty good case to say that if you wanted to. I'm not going to go out in that limb quite yet because we haven't seen it yet. But having Tatum and and Durant as two of your five players on the floor would be pretty fun to watch. I'm not going to lie. But you can't guarantee anything. Nothing in the NBA is guaranteed. Nothing in sports is guaranteed. Nothing in life is guaranteed. But I think the one hangup I think a lot of us have, Steve, is this team. Because of how much success they've had at, at such an early part of their their window, you know you're you're almost doing yourself a disservice by by trading for Kevin because you're trading a big long term outlook for potential short term success. But again, neither one of these are guaranteed, and if if neither one of them are guaranteed, you might as well hang on to what you got. Am I am I making a little bit of sense with that? Well. Uh... Thanks for getting really philosophical with us there. But, you know, <laughs> well, you know, very yeah. spiritual. Actually, mine are philosophy in college, so I, you know, I'm, 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 you know, equipped to deal with this. Sort of, um, sort of afraid to leave the house now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, you know, uh, Emmanuel Kant would agree with you. Um, look, uh, first of all, we, or I guess, second of all, first of all, was the philosophy. Um, you can't include – if you're trading Jalen Brown, you're not including Marcus Smart. That's where it ends. You, you can't trade both those guys. If you trade Marcus Smart, it alters your defense in a way that – forget about it. doesn't happen. It's, 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 the defense is what um, kept them in and, and allowed them to win some games and overcome some of their issues. You saw it down the stretch. Defense is the, the backbone of this team, and mm-hmm. if and, – Marcus Smart is a huge part of that. You can be upset with his shot selection, but I would I would suggest that that goes back to what happens when the offense falls apart. Um, that's the you know that's where that comes from. Marcus Smart is rarely a problem when when the ball is moving and popping when guys are getting it, giving it up and getting it back. Marcus Smart ain't a problem, and what he gives you defensively, uh, the edge he gives you, the size at the point guard position is immeasurable. Um, also, you know, I mean, it, and it ties into everything else they do, having the second big, which allowed them to have positional size. And, you know, the addition of Al Horford was huge. But anyway, 
you, you can't, if you're giving away Jalen Brown, you cannot give up Marcus Smart too. deal breaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but look, yeah, I, I totally agree that you have to investigate it because look, you can look at age and all those things. You're, you're guaranteed Jalen Brown for two more years. You don't know beyond that. You, no one knows what the, what the, uh, the, the landscape will look like. I think things will be fine. As long as this team wins, I think things will be fine. If this team starts to lose, if it starts to uh, fall short of expectations, then I think you're bringing every possibility into, into play. Uh, and as far as the age thing goes, Kevin Durant, you know, his game will translate well to being older. You know, he'll always be able to say, hi, I'm Kevin Durant. I'm seven feet tall. I'm going to shoot over you. There's nothing you can do about it. And there's a great likelihood I will make this shot. Hmm. So, you know, I, that's why when you have a guy like that, who is one of the rare scorers in the history of the NBA, you know, that's why you're looking at this so hard. That's why you're considering trading a, a, a guy, a young uh, all-star caliber player who's going to get better in Jalen Brown. That's why you even consider it because it's a, it's a, a Kevin Durant. You didn't consider it. I remember a few years ago when it was like, Oh, you got to trade Jalen Brown for, for uh, Jimmy Butler. And I remember writing, look, you may already have the next Jimmy Butler here in Jalen Brown. And I think he's certainly proven his worth and everyone's going to look at his offense. And yeah, it would be great if he would not dribble the ball off his foot. That would be a good step forward for him. But people got to look at his, his defense, too, and what Jalen Brown gives you defensively as part of what they run defensively is huge. So, yeah, it's it's a big thing to consider. And the only reason you're considering moving a guy, a talent, a young talent like Jalen Brown is because it's Kevin freaking Durant. So, Steve, I, I look at all of this and and I could talk myself into a trade for Kevin Durant because like you said, he's Kevin freaking Durant, as Evan said, you know, him and Tatum side by side, that'd be a lot of fun to watch. There'd also be an element of boy. He, he feels like just such a hired gun bouncing from team to team the way he has in recent years after going to the warriors and winning titles and then teaming up with Kyrie in Brooklyn. Now, where's he going next? It it would take a little bit of the shine off. I think for me, just a little bit, but, you know, for all the different reasons that I could absolutely be called a homer, defensive Marcus Smart being probably very high up on that list in almost everything that the man does, where I'm not a homer is not wanting this deal to happen. Because I talked about, again, the depth. They have the pieces, especially with the additions of of Malcolm Brogdon, Danilo Gallinari, addressing some of the, the weaknesses that they had in the postseason, in particular the finals. They just went to game six of the finals. They are, as you know, as things stand right now anyway, healthy going into next year, and hopefully that maintains, and they're for the most part as healthy next season as they were this past year. They're they're the favorites right now. They are the betting favorites to win a championship right this minute. But for but but above all of that. As you said earlier, you bring in Kevin Durant, you're doing it to win right now. You keep Jalen Brown and all of that depth that you have that we outlined, you are setting yourself up. And again, this is this is presuming that Jalen Brown wants to be here. And 
will re-sign in, in a couple of years when he's a free agent. If you, and we'll get to this, if you view Jalen Brown as, as the ultimate flight risk and you don't believe he wants to be here, then yeah, of course you're going to attempt to get something for him before he goes for nothing. That's a different conversation. And again, we'll get to that one. Look, it's, but, it's not about whether they, you're thinking that Jalen Brown doesn't want to be here. Let's, I don't mean to interrupt that. I, I want yeah. to cut that part off. It's not that you don't think he wants to be here. The question is, if the team doesn't meet expectations. Right. So sure. that's the part that you're bringing in. And there's nothing certain, you know, <clears throat> there's no, there, you know, there injuries is. happen, et cetera. And well, all, all, all I was really building up to is, is I, I want a window, you know, I, I want a championship window that isn't the next two or three years before Kevin Durant is, you know, 36, 37 years old. I, I, I want to see what, Brown and Tatum in their primes together look like, and and hopefully, obviously, they will from a, a contractual standpoint. I want to see what the like. Last year was the first year that we had a a, a playoff run, out, and and I'm not saying there would have been other years they would have been as in, as true a title contender as they were last season. Last year was really a perfect storm in a lot of ways. That second half of the year and into the playoffs, but there are it. Every year prior, every year prior for the last X number of years, there was a key injury or two that time of year where you said, probably not going to happen this year. They don't have X. That excuse was gone last year. It didn't happen, I know, but that excuse was gone. We got a taste of what it could look like. I want a championship window for the better part of a decade, like the Warriors have had, like the Spurs had for two decades. Like, you know, when you've got the talent, they have the talent. I want to see what it looks like. Well, the, the part you're leaving out, um, when you look at the saying that right now they have a long uh, or, or a wide championship contender window, is Al Horford. He is was a huge part mm-hmm. of what this team was able to do this year. His, like we said before, his, his mere presence allowed everyone to move over a chair, and yeah. all of a sudden – it, it gave you, uh, I know I wrote about this a while back. Uh, it, it take, took, uh, Jason Tatum and went him from, went him from a, uh, a, sm- a power forward to now he has a size advantage at the three spot. It took Jalen Brown and moved him from three to two. Mm-hmm. And now he's got a size advantage there. And you've got, uh, with Marcus Smart starting and not being concerned about the, um, Kemba Walker's injury availability, all those things. And, uh, you know, Kyrie Irving before that, um, insert multiple issues here, uh, although still remains one of the great talents in the game, mm-hmm. um, which makes his whole saga kind of sad. Um, but Al Horford was a huge part of what you do. And look at the effect that having Al Horford had on Rob Williams, who had a fantastic year. So, you know, your window right now, unless you can develop or deal for uh, more size, your championship window with this core is how long Al Horford lasts, which is why it's imperative of this team to uh, either develop from within or find a way to get Al Horford break minutes during the season so that he's ready and able during the postseason to uh, give you everything he can, which is quite a bit as we've seen i'm getting a little off track but could grant williams be that guy you know in the way like for years brad stevens like we used to call him grant yeah. you know al horford light and, and a lot of that was the intellect but part of it was the style of play as well could grant williams 
I know they're not the same frame and shape and size and all that, but could they, could he develop into that guy? He can't develop into the exact guy because the, the difference is Al Horford's size, you know, um, Grant Williams can get out and defend and body up people. He's not going to protect the rim like Al can. And Al at being able to protect the rim is what allows Rob Williams to use his borderline unique skills to get out and guard on the perimeter when he has to. That's, you know, the, the Celtics defensive switchability is what really concerns when you talk to NBA coaches they'll tell you that that's the part about the Celtics that really concerns them. Uh, their ability to get out and defend in multiple ways. It concerned the hell out of the Warriors. It, they, mm-hmm. I, I know we've discussed this before, but in 2018, the Warriors were happy as hell that the Celtics blew game seven against the, against the Cavaliers at home here. Uh, and uh, because they, they were concerned uh, like mad about what Boston could do defensively, what they were able to do against that team. Um, the Warriors like to to move without the ball and all that, and the, the Celtics were good enough to say, yeah, keep moving. We'll just, you know, we'll, we'll slide over and guard the next guy. So, I just want to, Adam, I think you brought up something earlier about trading for KD and, and one of the reasons why you don't want to do that mm-hmm. is because he feels like a hired gun. Can we all agree that's the silliest reason not to trade for Kevin Durant because he feels <laughs> like a hired well, that gun? Was a- that it, that, that was more. Just, that, that should not yeah, be. I'm, I'm not saying that's a good yeah. reason to not trade for him. It was more I mean, from the standpoint of like you know rooting for a guy like Kevin Durant, you know, to to carry your team to a championship. Sort of feels, God, there's, there's so much ego in this statement, but it feels like it feels like it should be beneath the Celtics. Like it feels it feels like they should. Championship is what the Celtics is all about. Hey, this is exactly. Hey, but he feels. Adam, like, you're, Adam, you're a Celtic fan, right? Yes. Okay. Here's my question. Yeah. If the Celtics win a championship, win the 2023 NBA championship mm-hmm. uh, with Kevin Durant being a star on that team, yeah, are you telling us that you would miss the parade because you have to see you have a you're being treated for depression? <laughs> right, yeah. and but that's what I'm saying. I could talk myself into it, and it would be fun to watch and everything, but it wouldn't feel. It wouldn't feel the same. It would. It would feel. I don't feel like there I mean, are a lot of Celtics. Better than not winning a championship. <laughs> I. I. I don't feel. Yeah. I mean, sure. I. I get it. I. I certainly get it. And obviously, then having more rings than the Lakers and all of that stuff. Like it's there. There's an upside. There's definitely an upside. But it feels. And and people will will clap back and say 2007 when I say this statement. It feels more like buying a championship when you're getting a, a Kevin, Dur- you know, it, that's Kevin Durant. Now I feel like I feel that way more about Kevin Durant now than I would have felt in Kevin Durant. What was it? 2016. Like that was a different Kevin Durant leaving OKC before he went to Golden State than it is. Did you spend when the Celtics traded for Kevin Durant for, excuse me, for Kevin Garnett? Did, did I pine over Al Jefferson? Did you spend two weeks in the fetal position because they'd uh, feel they'd right without Ryan Jones. No, because you know what it was. Kevin Garnett didn't want to leave Minnesota. I appreciated his stick to itiveness. He wanted. He was. He was as committed to the cause as anybody. Durant. Dur, the, you know what? That transitions well to this question, and and this goes back a little bit to some of what you wrote about with with this potential owners meeting with with Durant and the Nets. I just want to know what's important to him. 
I, and and look, I don't know Kevin Durant, obviously. I've never talked to him. I just want to know what ultimately right now at whatever, 34, 35 years old, what is important to Kevin Durant? Because if it was if it was rings above all else, he would just stayed with the Warriors and kept winning. If it was playing with his buddies, well, that's why he teamed up with Kyrie in Brooklyn. So now he wants out. He wants out again. And I'm not even talking about all the social media stuff and burner accounts and, you know, responding to Kendrick Perkins or other critics. I just want what like what is the end all be all what he just seems fickle. What is important to Kevin Durant, do you think? I don't know. Next question. Now, I mean, yeah. seriously, I mean, I, you know, I, I would say that that what's important to him is kind of a moving target. From all evidence we have, I, you know, obviously I'm not going to, you know, uh, sit and tell you, oh, I think this is what he's thinking. You know, right. unless we have evidence to show what he's thinking, then, you know, um, we can discuss that. But, yeah, I, I think it's a moving target. I, you know. Among the possibilities, you know, the whole Kyrie thing, um, you know, by all accounts, he's still fine with Kyrie. Although last year, Kyrie's decision certainly impacted the the Nets. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of what happened at the end of the season with the Nets, was it Kyrie's decisions earlier in the year or Joe Harris's injury or Ben Simmons's back slash skull? that, you know, that impacted the, the, the mm-hmm. Nets opportunities last year, you know, uh, do the Nets, you know, beat uh, as close as a four game sweep was in terms of each game, the point totals, do the war to the Nets with, uh, with a reasonably healthy Simmons and with a healthy Joe, Joe Harris defeat the Celtics in the first round. Are we having this conversation? Right. You know, is there yeah. a is there a uh, a parade going through Coney Island? You know, sure, led I by mean, look, Joey Jaws Chestnut. If 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 Kevin Durant's you know shoe size is a half size smaller, you know, was there a parade the year before when when they lost that game seven against the Bucks? So absolutely, it's you know it's it's obviously a, a very fair question. I just I again I wonder what's most important to him. And and the other thing is too, I would people say talk- winning. But like, is it? Like- I, it? Well, here's the other thing. Like people keep saying this, or at least have kept saying when this was maybe a, a more prominent topic. Well, Jalen Brown has two years left in his contract. You're getting Kevin Durant with four years left in his contract. Who's to say Kevin Durant would come to Boston and stick around for four years as opposed to asking out? I mean, there's a track record here. No, I can't deny that. But you also can't deny the fact that Kevin Durant also enjoys winning. He went to Golden State to go win championships and did so. I think maybe it might be winning from his terms. But it's not like he went to a team that was bad. He went to a team with his friend Kyrie, got James Harden, and we're about to win a whole bunch of games until people got hurt. So, I, I, you know, I'm not. we don't know what's in Durant's head. That's impossible. He doesn't yeah. really communicate like that. And I don't think a lot of people do anyway. I think they want to play their you know cards pretty close to the vest. But we can't sit here and say that Kevin Rand doesn't care about winning basketball games. Oh, I'm not saying he doesn't care. I just but wonder look, if it's the most important but thing. The thing is, we're, we're sitting here trying to figure out, you know, the psychology here. And I remember writing this, you know, the, the, the only reason that the Nets hired Steve Nash's coach was because Sigmund Freud wasn't available. <laughs> I mean, this... yeah, we have Kyrie and Freud in this podcast. This is well, but well, and if you listen to Kyrie Irving at the time, they had a bunch of coaches anyway. Yeah, I mean, no, seriously. Hey, again, if you want to switch this to philosophy, I can finally use that. You know that 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 work from college all those years ago. You know, 
Well, I, I like to make the joke, Steve, that I majored in communications, but I minored in both philosophy and psychology. So it's three different shades of, of, of I almost swore, of bull. Yeah. Well, I, I went to college to be a lawyer, so, and to try to play <laughs> basketball. So, hi, welcome to a two-time loser. <laughs> we, yeah, we, we've all failed at, uh, at, 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 at I didn't, I sense you could have been a lawyer. I didn't fail on being a lawyer. I guess I I, I pulled out of it. Someone well, did. Right, that's what I'm saying. I think that maybe you paper. couldn't have been a professional basketball player, but I bet you could have been a lawyer. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I almost, well, anyway, it's a long story, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, I'd be, uh, I'd be wealthy now. Damn. I gotta, I gotta think about that. There you go. Right, right, right. Boy guys, I gotta go. I got something. Yeah. To do. yeah. Let me get, let me, let me get that LSAT work in. You know? time, time, time to check on that second career. Real quick break uh, to tell you about our good friends at Bet Online, where we, where we all bet on our futures in one form or another. Uh, it's your number one source for all your sports betting needs uh, and sports info and odds and all of it. Find all the latest sports developments, including this week's odds for Major League Baseball now that we're past the trade deadline into August. Already have odds for the NFL season, the Patriots, if you're into it, plus 4,000 odds to win the championship. I'd have to check on the odds just for them to make the playoffs with a win total set at eight and a half right now uh you can look at head-to-head divisional matchups uh patriots will sweep the jets for instance that's plus 120 right now you can bet on anything really is what it comes down to and our good friends at bet online are are happy to help you do that celtics plus 600 to win the championship in 2023 uh that is the favorite the bucks at plus 625 the warriors at plus 650 where's kevin durant couldn't tell you uh early mvp odds luca at plus 425 tatum at plus 1200 rookie props you could look at you know chet holmgren at uh at over under two blocks per game you could bet on that if you want to at plus 110 bet online your continued source for all your sports betting and wagering needs including live betting your favorite vegas casino games poker games whatever it is it's all super easy check it out join today we told you about the promo code clns50 to get that welcome bonus bet online the fastest and easiest way to wager on all the popular sports and games bet online where the game starts let's just keep going steve with can the I, site. Can I keep just a, I, I yeah i think it would be a really cool prop bet thing situation i'm listening um with Chet Holmgren, right? And, and, you know, Bet Online could, could do this if they could, they'd have to contract with, with Chet Holmgren, but um, have him weigh in on, say, you know, September 1st or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you've got to bet on what he's going to weigh on November 1st, <laughs> on January 1st, whatever, you know, like different points during the year. Yeah. You know, what will he weigh? And because I think everybody would get on that. I mean, you know, I like that, um, you know, what, I, what is uh, the typical I'm, I'm a second generation Greek American. Every Greek grandmother would be trying to feed him, you know, trying <laughs> to get, they'd, they'd put, be putting prop bets down on him, trying to send him baklava to eat, you know, to, to get yeah, his we got to reach out to our good friends at bet online. I like that. You know, what, what is the, I'm trying to remember. Cause like, you know, Giannis obviously is just a looks like a freaking tank right now, but he came in looking like a string bean too when he entered the NBA. What what was his growth from from you know an initial way into the end of the season? Well, I'm not sure. I mean, but I think what you point out with with Giannis, and it, it, we're taking a, something goofy and, and bringing it to a larger issue. I think is that you can draft who you like based on measurables, based on how he looked in a workout, uh, based on what he did in his college or, you know, overseas, whatever he saw in his last season. The guys who make it, who become huge in the NBA, 
are the lunatics who say they they have this in you know uh unquenchable need to be better to be mm-hmm. not just be good whatever but to be better you see how many guys that get drafted and say i've made the nba and that's their tape that's yeah. that's their finish line i've made it to the nba and it's the guys who get here and say i've made it to the nba oh no i got to do better than this you know what do i need to do better and you, that's why you see a lot of guys make huge leaps from first to second year when they know all the things they didn't know and have had a summer to work on things. But um, Giannis is one of, is a guy that's like, if you talk to him, if you talk to people around him, uh, I'm, you know, he's pissed now about last year and he's been, he's, I'm sure he's working on things to make his game better. Look at, you know, closer to Boston, Larry Bird, every year would try to come back with something else. Uh, you know, those kind of guys. I mean, or Jalen Brown, for instance. Yeah. Or but look at, at the other end, Jay, uh, James Young. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, a, I thought a great player coming in. There's no way this guy can miss all his talent. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm not saying he didn't do well in his opportunities. But he never really quite had that that lunatic desire inside to, you know, um, push things aside. And I've got to be better. And I'm going to, you know, work like 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 crazy to get better and because and so there's a guy that i don't think ever realized his his potential i think a lot of people on the celtics feel that way as well let's keep going with the psychology and and we've we've spent a lot on the kevin durant side let's talk about the jalen brown side because we've heard everything at this point to you know, Jalen Brown doesn't want to be in, in Jason Tatum's shadow. He's he's unhappy with the Celtics being in trade reports over the years of reported reports for the likes of Kawhi Leonard and Anthony Davis and obviously now Kevin Durant. And, you know, how does he feel about that? And you get the SMH tweets from him and, and all sorts of different things, uh, liking tweets from fans about being disrespected in Boston and, and, Harking, harkening back to the days of getting, you know, ownership getting booed on draft night when he was selected. There are a lot of things we could talk about, obviously, with Brown and where we've sort of come to a head or potentially on the verge of coming to a head is is with all of this discussion with Kevin Durant stuff recently, like our our own Asherod Blakely, who, who's part of the CLNS family has the A-list podcast. He wrote an article, I think it was for Bleacher Report, about how, you know, don't worry about Jalen Brown. He'll be fine. He'll play through all this if he's still a Celtic when next year starts. But he's not going to forget it either. He's going to remember this. And then Jackie McMullen, the Hall of Famer, Jackie Mack, she was on TV the other night and was asked, you know, how disrespected or how offended or how whatever should Jalen feel right now. And she more or less said, oh, stop. Like, this is the dumbest thing in the world. He's a professional. He's a man. He understands the business. You know, you're in a trade conversation. Maybe if it's even legit, you're in a trade conversation for Kevin Durant. Like, I don't think that's all that disrespectful. So how do we suppose Jalen Brown does feel right now? Like I said, I think if this team comes out and plays well, they will be fine. He will be fine. If this team comes out and you know does not uh, is not meeting expectations, it's all on the table. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's a case of he's upset about any of this stuff or, or is or isn't. That's you know that's that's a, a temporal issue. You know uh, depends on the date and time mm-hmm. and what's going on with the team. You know guys they're they're allowed to have moods and those moods are allowed to change. 
Um, but look, this this past year, um, I think Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum like playing together. I think they like the idea of being the two young guns and on the wing and leading this team and trying to win a championship together. I think that's like a really uh, important goal for them that they both share that ideal. Um, but when they're talking in January about having meetings on the road about we need to do better, at, at, we need to get on the same page better, you know, that means that they didn't feel they were on the same page. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not saying that there were, there were things that were broken or wrong, but they realized that they needed to be better at that. So things weren't perfect even after the years they've been playing together. And yeah, they do need to learn, you know, it's, it's better for them to play off each other more efficiently than they have been and certainly better than they did during the finals. Um, so, you know, all those things are in play, but I wouldn't make any definitive statement. Um, and the last thing I'm going to do is try to psychoanalyze a guy of Jalen Brown's intellect based <laughs> on a three letter tweet. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, you know, dude, um, there's a thousand things he could have meant with that. And unless someone talks to him and he tells you what he meant, everything else is B, you know, BS. He might've just said something to record on the DVR and the thing crapped out. It didn't work. He was just upset. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, you know, he could have gotten, uh, it could have been, uh, when he read about the, uh, that they at that time were, uh, ceasing production of the Chaco Taco, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe. He's just really upset that Batgirl's not going to be released by Warner Brothers. It could have been anything. Who isn't? Hey, Michael <laughs> Keane was supposed to be Batman in that, so I I'm, am. I'm legitimately upset about it, to be <laughs> honest. Like it's no joke. Just because I wanted to Jack, see. Jack, please. I just wanted to see Keaton as the Cape Crusader again. Now I got to wait for the Flash movie. Go ahead, Ev. Well, my, my point being is, is Steve kind of brought up a, a point that he had in his piece a couple of days ago about how. Uh, maybe one of the sources you had spoken to Steve that it could have been a way for Brooklyn maybe to cause some upheaval between the front office of the Celtics and Jalen Brown that you know his name has been floated in trades do you think there's a actual you know legitimate validity to that or was that just an idea floated out there by someone to to maybe just give some perspective on as to why this leaked out at that time look that's what a couple of people I I spoke to were were um, speculating, inferring a couple of people involved with the NBA, like, you know, they're, they're convinced, Hey, that's, that was Brooklyn's way of trying to goose the market, trying to get people to, um, to pay attention to what has become a stagnant market for, for Kevin Durant. Um, and also like, Hey, um, and first of all, to assume that it definitely came from the nets. I don't think it came from the Celtics. But to assume that it definitely came from the Nets organization, that could be off base as well. Mm. There are other people involved in this. You know, there are agents, there are friends, there are all kinds of people that are involved tangentially uh, in in this kind of process. So, you know, um, who knows? Uh, but that's what the feeling of of some people in the NBA is. And there, again, there were people that told me that disputed with me and have in the past that to, that the uh, Jalen Brown, Derek White, and a first-round pick offer was ever truly on the table. I'm not sure if it was. It's quite possible that that was, hey, would you do this? 
but it's quite possible that it wasn't as well. I mean, there, there are a lot of trade discussions that happen of, hey, um, you know, we, we want, we'd like to get a be in on the Kevin Durant thing. Who on our team interests you? Mm-hmm. And they can say, well, you know, Jalen Brown and whatever. Okay, well, what's it going to, what would it take? That's not to say that Jalen Brown was offered. You know, you're discussing this, you're discussing parameters. And it's not like, will you trade us Kevin Durant for this, this, and this? That's a hard offer. Most of the time, it's, it never gets to a hard offer. Most of the time, it's all, you know, most trade discussions aren't even centered on a, a specific player. Generally, it's, you know, someone from a team, and doesn't even have to be the GM, calls another team and says, hey, you know, uh, who on our team do you like? You know, what would you give up for that guy? What, what kind of thing would you, what would you be talking uh, for, for that? And it's a conversation. And you find out not just on a, a, what could be a potential trade with that team, but also you get a sense of what your player is worth in the marketplace. So that if you talk to another team about down the line in a, in a week or a month later, you have an idea of what your player is, how he's perceived around the league. The so way I- that I find out about deals generally mm-hmm. is, and I think we discussed this one of the last times we did one of these was that um, I'll get calls from, from teams, from personnel directors, from GMs, just from people I've known over the years. And they'll ask questions about a guy. And that's how like, um, I forget what exactly what year it was. Was it uh, the 13, 14 season? Um, when I get a call, uh, people are asking me about uh, Rajon Rondo. Mm-hmm. You know, do I know that there's definitely going to be a Rajon Rondo trade? No, but I know he's available. I know the teams are trying to get in line to, to, to get in on him. So I know he's not unavailable. And certainly at that point, that was after the, the Celtics big trade with Brooklyn, everyone was available. So, you know, um, that's, that's how you find stuff out, but, but things change so rapidly. And to say that, to sit here and say, look ahead and say, this window will be there if you make X move or it'll be there if you make no move. Going to kind of go off on this again, but remember in uh, the year that the Celtics, it was 2017, that summer, they signed Gordon Hayward, who was the prime free agent, right? Mm -hmm. And he was signed He's going to go play with uh, with Al Horford, and he's going to play with um, Isaiah Thomas. Uh, with Isaiah Thomas, and this is the team he's going to. And boy, this is going to fit. By the time you know he gets here, Isaiah Thomas is gone. Kyrie Irving is in, right? Mm-hmm. And then game one, five minutes in, he goes down for the year. Mm-hmm. All right. Now the Celtics that summer had drafted uh, Jason Tatum. The Celtics thought Jason Tatum was going to be good. They didn't know he was going to be that good that fast. If they had known he was going to be that good that fast, do they spend that kind of money on Gordon Hayward? No, they don't do it. They spend the money upgrading elsewhere. Mm. You know, so, um, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, things change and, 
the moves you think are, oh, this is a definitive move, this is what you'll be. An injury can happen or just someone getting an opportunity and taking advantage of it the way that Jason Tatum did. You know, that altered your, your setup. Not only so when Gordon Hayward comes back the next year, he's not only not the player that fully the player that you want him to be, that he wants to be, but you've also got some duplication of services, you know? Um, yeah. It's, it's a, it's a strange, it can be a strange setup. So real reports, fake reports, exaggerated reports. I don't know. Uh, you know, whether Jalen Brown laughs at this stuff versus it keeps him up all night, every night. I don't know that either. How do you suppose, or how do you know how, Brad Stevens is handling this internally. I think you kind of, you know, you go day by day. I think he's the last time I spoke to him was in, in Las Vegas during summer league. Um, I think he's pretty well relaxed with the situation because he knows that, you know, if he does nothing, this is going to be a very good basketball team. If he can find the moves uh, that a move or two that he really likes, it can be a better basketball team. I mean, he left uh, the season as an NBA finalist and and added two players that everyone believes will help this team, you know, and he did not give up a rotation player to get either of them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's a good spot to be in. I still think they need to, excuse me, either add another big person or they have to hope that uh, one can emerge out of what they have to uh, to give Al Horford and, and Rob Williams the significant rest that they need during the year to just not be overplayed. But I think Brad Stevens is in a great position. You know, you don't, he doesn't have to do anything. And <clears throat> even as regards the need to pick up another big, he can wait on that. You know, it's not going to cost him to wait into the season in November, December, January, you know, adding a uh, an important pickup then can be, you know, just as helpful. But does he have to smooth anything over with Jalen Brown, or is this just <laughs> just the way it works? Excuse me. Um, you know, I, look, every player needs to be, you know, needs to know that the team is on his side. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's, you know, maybe because his name has been out there. And that's to assume, by the way, to say that, he needs to smooth things over with Jalen Brown that he hasn't already discussed things with him. I'm certain he has, sure. Yeah, you know, I mean, um, look, there's, you know, <clears throat> it's a business, but it's also a business where there are human beings involved and to think that chemistry doesn't matter, you know, um, you'd, you'd be lying to yourself. So um, yeah, I, I think that they'll, you know, they'll have discussions and it's important uh, the discussions that Ime has with, uh, with Jalen as well. <coughs> Excuse me. I need some fact of it. The, before we came on, you know, our, just to speak on how generous our guests, you know, typically are with their time. And Steve is no exception. I said to him coming in, you know, do you have a, a hard out on the clock? Do we need to be done by a certain time? And he just said, you know, just make sure I don't fall out of my chair. Basically. If, if, if I go over, I, I think <sighs> I'm done. Are, are you all right? Yeah, well, yeah. Just, um, <laughs> I just, yeah. just want to make sure you're good. Again, I'm sorry, people. If you're just tuning in, I did uh, my four mile intervals before this, <laughs> and uh, that's why I'm sweating. Parachute on like Adam. Not, it's not because under these, uh, under the, the this 
grilling I'm getting from these two excellent uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. coming at Steve right now. We're really hitting you with Flight. the hardest of questions. <laughs> the light. Where were you on the night in question? Yeah. Um, I uh, well, I I have one more anyway that that I I want to get in here, and Ev, I don't know what you've got left, but uh, just. We keep talking about, hey, bet online, bet online. The Celtics are the championship favorites to you because there are a lot of people saying, like, I still get it in my mentions every once in a while on Twitter. Hey, by the way, if if Chris Middleton had been healthy, maybe your Celtics go out in round two. Maybe, maybe. Do you, looking at it right now, view the Celtics as the championship favorites or at least the favorites in the East? I'd say they're among them um, because you don't know what the East is going to look like on opening night right now. Okay, um, you know, certainly the Brooklyn situation is <laughs> very fluid. Yeah, and um, but I look at Philly as being, you know, fluid as well. You know, how much different are they going to be now that uh, uh, James Harden has, you know, made the commitment that he did? Okay, I'm going to sign for less, etc. Um, and but they still need to add bodies there. Miami is still in need of a move or two or three before the year starts. So, you know, if they were playing tomorrow, I'd say it's, it's, uh, it's uh, Milwaukee and the Celtics. Um, but uh, they're not playing tomorrow. Um, <laughs> and I, I again, you, we don't know what this division is going to look like then. The Celtics are in the conversation. And I think that's probably the best you can ask for when you go into a year, you know, every team, starts the year needing to get better, wanting to improve on where it is. Uh, the Celtics aren't different than that, but you know that they have the players and may have improved from last year just in terms of uh, on paper. How's it going to fit? You know, is, uh, is M.A. going to find minutes for all the people he needs to in the backcourt? You know, is he going to go away from Peyton Pritchard again and take his shooting off the floor? You know, which I think, you know, kind of cost him a bit in the finals where they, he, he cut his minutes in half, cut his shots in half. And, you know, um, you didn't have the, you know, the, the, the release pressure release valve on those other guys. Um, so, yeah, too much to be decided, I think, right now. I think the last thing I think we can, it seems like this, but I, I don't know if we went all on record yeah. here, but it felt like to me, and even though I pushed back on a few things, it's still I would I would not make any trade for Kevin Durant. I don't think the Celtics should even entertain the idea um, because of what we talked about in this podcast. But I just wanted to make sure that we all went on the record here, and at least we want to dance around it a little bit or or, or adamantly said it. But I I, I, did, well, I, can, I, I can I give you a qualifier? What, what is like that? Well, I mean, you said I wouldn't make any trade for Kevin Durant. I think we're well, all any reasonable one. That, well, well, I just mean, yeah. I think we're all presuming a trade for Kevin Durant would require Jalen Brown. If in some universe it didn't, sure. It's fine. Yeah. Kevin Durant. That's, that's not possible. Yeah. There's no way. Right, Steve? There's no possible way they could get Kevin Durant without Jalen Brown in the deal. Sure. They gave up uh, Jason Tatum and Rob Williams. <laughs> there you go. So, oh, you could, but, but then the Nets would have to move Ben Simmons, right? Like there's a contractual issue with Tatum. Yeah, I mean, look, if the Celtics can make a trade for Kevin Durant and not give up too much, I think we've already discussed what too much is. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of a move you have to make. But, um, and look, and, and Kevin Durant has already, you know, he's, 
I spoke to him uh, a few years ago when he signed uh, when he was uh, signing with uh, with Golden State. Um, Boston was a team. He was one of the teams that he uh, took an audience with down in the Hamptons. Mm-hmm. And I, I spoke to him uh, alone at, at that summer after he made the move or made that decision. Uh, they had a Team USA practice in Las Vegas just after summer league, and uh, it was in the, the gym there at the uh, uh, the Mendenhall Center, the, their practice facility there. And he said, "Yeah, he was really impressed by Boston and likes what they built there. He liked the coach, he liked Brad, all that." Um, and he was really excited when he saw Tom Brady walk through the door. I think he was just saying that to cover because I think he was really excited when he saw Kelly Olynyk. That's just personal. <laughs> well, it was uh, the tie-dye shirt that really did it for him. You know, um, but, yeah, so, uh, you know, if you can get Kevin Durant and not make yourself and not weaken yourself on the back end, you make that move um, because there's no guarantees no matter what. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think Jalen Brown is a great player. Uh, I think Jalen Brown's going to get better. I think Jalen Brown is not is one of those I'm not satisfied kind of people that we talked about before. Mm-hmm. He's one of those guys, you know, that uh, you know, he doesn't look at getting to the NBA as the finish line. He looks at it. I need to get better all the time, and I think he will. Um, but again, Kevin Durant. Um, the problem the Celtics had was they would take the ball and go one-on-one at times and take themselves out of their offense. It was a problem in 2018, 19, 20, and this year. Uh, Kevin Durant can take the ball and go and can score. And if he misses, you know, everyone's scrambling. You've got offensive rebound possibilities. And I can see um, Rob Williams scoring 10 points a game merely on garbage on, you know, taking the, picking up the trash and, and slipping it through. Um, so yeah, you make it if it's not going to cost you too much. I think every team would look at it that way. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't see it happening. I don't think any of us see it happening, but, but uh, I am curious I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I don't think, I think the odds remain that Kevin Durant doesn't get moved. It would yeah. take a sea change in what the nets are seeking to to have them move and, and again we don't know what the result of uh the their talks are going to be internally but you know it would take a sea change from where they are now and what they're requesting well with the history of this show kevin durant's going to be traded in about an hour but hopefully that doesn't happen I'm checking and, my phone uh, right now just to make yeah, sure exactly this thing can live a little bit again this show is powered by betonline.ag go to betonline.ag today use the promo code clns50 for a 50 percent sign up bonus uh, steve we always appreciate you joining us your insights keeping it light obviously and uh you know we'll we'll do it do it again you know season's right around the corner we're into august now so you know get the, get those interval workouts in wh- while you can because you're about to get a whole lot busier uh, you know we'll be fine uh that's the, <laughs> one of the benefits of the new job is uh it allows me to take care of myself in a way that uh, i wasn't able to when i was on the uh the beat at the other place um yeah i always would say that uh and over the years my primary care physician at the herald at the herald yeah that's right my primary care physician at Mass General uh, <laughs> wanted me off the beat worse than the readers did. <laughs> you you might have been right the first time. I, I, I like that little. Uh, yeah, that was good. 
might have might have been the boss doctors. I think we've all been that in our careers. Yeah, right. I don't I don't know where that came from. All right, Ev, always a pleasure, of course, and uh, thank you not only for your uh, your contributions on the air, but your production work off of it. And uh, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. If anyone's still listening to the three of us babbling on, we'll talk to you again next week. Keep enjoying summer. Not.